1: Part two of my takeaways from the Badass Biz Summit. Now we're diving into all of the speakers. So I'm going to go through this really, really fast um, with the hopes to try and get to all of them because I had so freaking many, um, which I think was one of the other huge key takeaways is there were so many speakers. There were so many opportunities. They did all these different workshops and they had like keynote, but then all these breakout sessions. And what I loved is that, all of the speakers were SCN members, most of, all, yeah, all of them, I think, um, which is such a beautiful thing to be able to give people the opportunity to be on stage when they probably wouldn't, there's a lot of stages they wouldn't have the opportunity to be on. Um, so, and he just, of, so it was just, it was just amazing to see see people sharing their knowledge. Okay, first one was Dr. Stevie, uh, Stevie Dawn Carter. And she's the one that did the be a shark. She's like obsessed with sharks. And, but she's a speaker. She's a speaker coach. She does, she teaches people how to get on stages. She's on my bucket list for 2023. But um, she talked a lot about momentum and your mission and growing and building and how to grow your business. And a couple of the things that she said was like, you cannot grow your business living on the surface level. And I want you to really think about that. I want you to think about it and hear what that statement says. You cannot grow your business living on the surface level. How many of us live on the surface level of what we think people want to hear, what we think we should say? We really only talk at this surface level as far as with clients or in your marketing. And, you know, you're, there's only so far that's going to, that's so far you're going to get. And also like living on the surface level from a place of growth And what are you investing in and how are you growing? Which she talked about momentum, and she got into all the science of like momentum is mass times velocity, and the only way to grow get more momentum is to grow your mass. And she said, So the way that she related this to business ownership and to build momentum was to build your mass and how do you build your mass is to continue to grow right like you personally as a person have to get bigger and the only way to get bigger is to invest into certain things to take your foot off the brake and to gain speed and to grow and so what are you doing um i'm gonna pull up my notes here again um because i only have my little keynotes here but you know what are you doing to grow to build momentum like if you're looking to build momentum and you need mass to do that what are you truly doing and she talked about you know taking your foot off the brake where are you putting the brake on yourself is it fear is it insecurity is it doubt lack of confidence worth knowledge you know all these things come up for so many of us and so she encouraged everybody to find a break accountability partner, that partner that can say, like, hey, you're putting the brakes on yourself, like, knock that shit off. Take your foot off the brake and move on, you know, and stop with this bullshit. You know, my hashtag, stop with your bullshit. But that's what she was basically saying is like, find somebody that can call you on that. She called it a break accountability partner, which I loved because. When you think about it, like we do, we put the brakes on ourselves all the time. We're forever like, oh, well, I can't get this done until this happens. Or, oh, I need more um, experience before I can do this. Or I need, you know, these are all just brakes. These are self-imposed brakes that we're putting on ourselves that are keeping us from being unstoppable, that are keeping us from growing, from building and growing that mass. So anyway, find yourself a break accountability partner. It was my very first action item that I talked about that I told you he said, put make your list and put your action items. It was my very first get a break accountability partner. Okay, the next one I went into was on sales. But the biggest takeaway I got from this conversation, it was called putting on your sales hat. But quite honestly, and that's the thing, putting on your sales hat, but the biggest takeaway I got, and I've shared this inside the Alliance, like to every group and to every person I've talked to (laughs) since then is truly, truly the difference between marketing activities and sales activities. I think for a lot of business owners, we think we're doing sales activities. We think we're doing the things that we need to do to get the sale. But I mean, there was people that were shouting out example after example, and he kept saying, that's marketing, that's marketing, that's marketing. And he said it so easily, marketing gets you contacts, Marketing gets you names on a list, gets you, you know, people in your social media. It's all marketing, right? But the sales activity is having the conversation. What's next? Okay. They're on your list. Now what, you know, and those are the things that we're not doing is not reaching out for those conversations. We're not asking for the call. We're not sharing about our new product or service. It's that next step. Like, We spend so much time on lead generation or marketing and we think that's sales activity and it's not. And then wonder why sales may be falling flat or they're not growing or they're not where you want them to be. So that was this huge takeaway. I want you to think about that. Like I really, really want you to think about is what I'm doing right now. If you are lacking sales and you need more sales in your business, is what you're doing actual sales activity? Or is it marketing activities? Because marketing doesn't convert, you know what I mean? Like marketing is not meant to actually convert to a sale. You've got to actually have that conversation, right? And I think we blend them together too often and then wonder why things come up short. It was um, a really, really um, powerful distinction, which I think it's very jumbled, especially in the online space, especially in the online space. Um, There's a huge... Mm, kind of like really muddy water there between marketing and sales. This was a very clear line. That's marketing, this is sales. And so we're talking direct outreach. And he talked about scheduling it on your calendar every single day. Like what are your sales activities and are they on your calendar? Um, And that's part of the 90 day, Champions 90, which I'm going to talk about. You've seen me talk about it. Um, Do you have them scheduled every day on your calendar? Okay, so that was... um, Really, yeah, content marketing attracts, and then sales happen in the next step, okay? So, and you talked about doing some automation on your follow-ups and having systems in place to remind you to follow up and, you know, all of these things, which was really great. But again, for a lot of us, the systems itself kind of overwhelm. but I think the first step you need to take is being able to differentiate what you're doing is, is either marketing or sales, and then figuring out what you need to do for your sales activity. Um, if you're struggling, I'd be happy to share with you some of the ideas they gave us. So if you, are struggling with that and you're, you're not sure how to differentiate them, shoot me a DM and, um, let's definitely talk about it. The next one I went to was on branding, which if I'm being honest, this man's branding, his name was S.A. Grant is so mind boggling. It was so over my head in a lot of ways. Um, he was just you can tell he's just so good. He lives, eats and breathes and dies branding and it was all so easy to him. He gave us these worksheets. It was really awesome. Um I'd have to really dive into that because it was very overwhelming to me. Just because I thought, you know, wow, there's so much here that I've not done for my brand about the different it was just all so, so much. And God, he's just powerful. His name's essay Grant, if you really are, you know, wanna follow her I think I could even share his, he gave us the QR code to share his worksheets. I'd be happy to do that. But one of the biggest things that he said was, why are you, he goes, look at all of you. He pointed out and he was like, why are you all not wearing your brand right now? I don't understand. He goes, there's like one person in here that's got their brand on. He goes, you spend all this money on clothes and bags and shoes and backpacks and hats and all this shit. He goes, you think nothing of spending money on it. He goes, Why don't you have your brand on it? I don't understand why you guys are not wearing your brand so that you become, so your logos, your colors, your style, everything just becomes so recognizable. And Think about this. We live on freaking Zoom, right? We live on Zoom. I have a shirt on right now that says today is a good day to have a good day. Why do I not have a shirt on that talks about the Accelerated Business Alliance and what my mission is with that? why do I not have something, you know what I mean? Like, think about that. I thought that was so powerful. And he said, you know, it starts conversation. Like, especially if you're somewhere like socially or whatever, and you see a logo or something, or it's really, you've got a statement on your back. Um, I can't, uh, there was another guy who was a personal trainer. He had on a shirt that had like a hashtag, and I think it said success, like S-U-C-K-E-S-S, like instead of success, it was success. But like, it encouraged you to go up and ask him, like, all right, dude, what does that mean? Right? Because there was a, clearly a meaning to it, but the way it was spelled was just, it encouraged conversation. So then it allowed him to share with you. I don't remember, honestly, what he told me um, it meant. But again, it's, it sparks interest. So like, wear your brand. Wear your brand. Um, oh my goodness. Okay. I'm going to keep, I'm going to try to talk even faster. Um, all right. Then I went to one on sharing your wisdom. And wisdom comes from living it. He said, wisdom comes from living, deepening your knowledge through experience, the failures, the mistakes, the life experiences. And here was my biggest takeaway. I think we've heard all the time of people say, share your story. Share your story. What was your biggest hardship? Where did you come from? What did da-da-da? You know, and a lot of us think about like what what? What's my story? You know, like, what is my story here? And what is there to learn? And how does that have anything to do with my business? Like, how does my childhood have, you know, and I think we've heard this before, like, share your story. And I know I've talked to multiple people that say, like, I don't freaking have a story. The way he reframed this, though, and the way he talked about this was, it's not about the story is in the lessons that you've learned through life. Right. Like what is the knowledge and wisdom that you have gained that is going to save somebody time because you can now share your experience? And that was really, really powerful is it's like shifting that perspective for somebody and being able to say like, hey, here's something that I went through and here's how I got through it. I think it might be helpful for you and hopefully you can learn from it. You know, that type of thing is about really, really sharing. Everybody's got wisdom. share and knowledge to share and don't be afraid to actually share it that is the key there it's not about like maybe you don't have like a rags to riches story and I know that's how I've always felt when people say like you know share your story it's like well I've never been on the edge of bankruptcy and I didn't almost lose my you know like and I don't know right but I have knowledge to share and I have this wisdom of things that I've learned and things that I've done and things that I would have done differently if somebody had shared them with me about my business. Like I would have not invested into certain things so early on because blah, blah, blah. Like even though that's stories, right? Like that is things that you can share that are going to help somebody else from going down that same path. And so really think about that when they talk about like these stories and what can you share and sharing your knowledge. All right, and then... We're moving into sales, okay? I think the rest of them are sales. So, selling without sleaze was um, one of the the next topics. And the first thing he, one of Donnie said, is the only, and I wrote this on a sticky note. Pretty sure this one made it on the post it note. Was they only have objections when they feel like they are being sold to? And I'll be honest, this just came up in conversation with inside the accelerated business alliance with the, um, in one of the mastermind groups, one of the women was saying, listen, I've been reaching out, doing some cold outreach and doing these DMS to these people about this webinar, or I think it's a workshop, a workshop that she's running. And she goes, and I'm getting this objection that really doesn't make sense. Like they're just giving me this objection. And it was very obvious that they felt like they were being sold to. So they're giving her this immediate objection like, oh, okay, I don't need more clients. I don't need your workshop. I don't need to learn how to market myself because we have enough clients. And the reality is, is like that's not the case. She's like, well, that's not what I'm trying to teach them. I'm trying to teach them that like it's about having a pipeline and continuing to market yourself and not about so that when you need clients, they're there and ready and waiting. But that's not how she was approaching it. And so that right there is so like they only have objections when they feel sold to. And so shifting your, your thought process to, they said, stop trying to get to a point of close and get to a point of closure, meaning getting a decision, like getting an answer. Is it a yes? Like, hey, this was great. Like even thinking about having a coffee chat. Like To me, a coffee chat, that's a sales, um, having these virtual coffees. And then getting to a point of, hey, let's stay in touch, right? Or, hey, I have an intro for you and I want to make this introduction. Or, yes, I'd love to learn more about what you do. Or, no, I'm not interested at this time. Or, hey, follow up with me in January, right? Like, get to a place of closure, meaning a yes, a no, or a next step. And it's really, really, when you can shift your mindset to that, it's like what the goal of this conversation is to just get some level of closure, right? Right? We've been connected. Let's see where it needs to go. It's either yes, I'm interested, but let's stay, you know, or it's not a good fit, or let's stay in touch and let's touch base again in three months. Whatever it is, you know, get, stop going into it with this, like, how am I going to close them, you know? And the other question they asked was, like, do you sell the way you like being sold to? And same thing, like, in respect to that woman that was asking about why she's getting all these objections to her workshop, I said, would you buy? I actually had another client, same thing. She had, um, a workshop she was running. It was paid and she didn't get any signups. And I said, well, let's flip this a little bit. Would you have bought that? And she said, no. And I said, why not? She said, well, because I don't know them. And I said, right there, right? Like, so think about that. Like, are you selling in a way that you like to be sold to? And what makes you pick up your credit card? That's a podcast episode for another day. Um, what else do I have? I'm still looking at all my notes. Oh, building a community. Turn your podcast into an internet show. Pablo Gonzalez. Oh my God. You think I talk fast? This man can talk so friggin' fast. He even at one point, I mean, he was talking so fast. You could not even write down your little golden nuggets on your post-it notes because he was saying them so friggin' fast. You were like needing the pause replay button. And then at one point he even said like, okay, I'm going to try to speed this up. And I didn't even know like the whole room was going to get quiet. And I went, oh my God, like. And so, like, everybody heard it because I'm thinking, like, I talk fast and this man is blowing me out of the water right now. And so, honestly, I signed up for his boot camp because what he was teaching and what he was talking about, about how to create a community around your podcast, was so mind-blowing. And how he's been able to just massively explode and build just such a beautiful community. But honestly, like, I don't even... He basically was saying like, turn your podcast into like an internet talk show, like similar to Oprah, where people are just so committed to Oprah that no matter who they bring on, they cannot wait to be there. They cannot wait to see her guests. They cannot wait to see her interview her guests. And he, he talked about doing it in a way with zoom so people could interact and so powerful. I signed up for his boot camp because again, he talked so fast. You could not take enough notes, but it was enough information to be like, I'm in and it starts next week. So I'm sure the more I learn, I'll be sharing that with you. Um, but go follow him, pa- uh, Pablo Gonzalez. I'm going to make sure we put all of the speakers in the show notes so that you can follow them, connect with them. If they ask, tell them like, hey, Michelle was telling me all about your, your talk at the Badass Business Podcast, So they don't think you like random. They don't wonder where you've got their name. Um, or if you want an intro to them, I'd be happy to make an introduction to any of them because all of them are just absolutely amazing. Um, And then, all right, what was my next one? I have three more that I went to. Oh my gosh, hopefully you're still with me because there's still so many golden nuggets and the best golden nuggets yet to come, so stick with me. Um, Creating culture inside of your business or inside of your, you know, and we think culture, she's in HR and leadership. And so we often think of culture as business owners. We think, well, how can we really create like a good workplace? Like I don't have employees. I only have, um, you know, independent contractors or different things. And, you know, it was really about creating a culture for your business in general. And so that everybody that comes into it knows and understands what that culture is. Like what is tolerated? What is accepted? What what are your standards? What do you, what don't you stand for? Like, what do you stand for? What do you stand against? And sharing them and really, really talking about them because whether you're hiring employees or whether you're hiring um, 1099, like you can create a beautiful culture of things that she calls it a thrive, but like, what are you doing for improvement? Like, do you have standard operating procedures to make it easy for your um, employees or contractors? Do you have things that make their job? Do you set them up for success or you just kind of hand you know, throwing it, throwing them to the wolves and telling them to figure it out. You know, do you have, um, like defined values and behaviors? Like what, like what values that your company stands behind? Like, are they defined and do they have, um, meaning to them? Right. Like what does somebody, she, she used the example of like this guy that, um, always showed up late. I can't remember what his, but and they had they felt like he didn't value their their time because he was always late and he had like such a flip side to why he was always late i can't remember what it was but it was something to do with his family and it was a value that he valued that more but again it wasn't that he didn't value time it was that he valued time differently and so really having those conversations about what those values are and you know what can you do to keep people happy like, is there something that she talked about, um, somebody asked, like, what do I do for my contractors? Like, I can't do, like, a big cookout or something, like, if you were in a workplace. And, you know, she talked about, like, giving them time off but still paying them. Like, if they're on a, um, like, a certain amount of time, like, after a certain time, if you've worked with them, if they're on contract with you, let's say, for a year, like, I have a contract... Like, when's the last time you told them to like go take a week off and you, or a month off or whatever it is, and still pay them the rate that they normally charge? Like, can you do that? Can you send um gift cards for them to go do something with their family, for them to take their family out to dinner, something of that sort? And so, just a way to create a culture where, like, what do I stand for in my business, and what can I create? You know, and how can I make sure that everybody that comes into my world knows that, right? Knows what that is. Um, and then I went to a live hands-on LinkedIn training, which was LinkedIn. Anytime you can learn more about LinkedIn, it's amazing. And what I love the most about a lot of this—it's no different than any other coach or consultant—is like, um, we all in any industry, a lot of people view things the same, but everybody's got their little tricks of the trade that are so different. And one of the tricks of the trade that she had was, I know LinkedIn added this feature now where you can ring somebody's bell and then it sends you a notification to like go see their content, but she takes it a step further and if she likes, if she wants to be sure she's constantly commenting on somebody's posts or somebody in her, so maybe it's a referral partner or maybe it's an ideal client or something of that sort or a strategic partner and a collaborative opportunity, something like that, she saves it as an actual bookmark Um, and she has an entire folder of bookmarks that just says LinkedIn and, um, LinkedIn connections or something. I can't remember what she called it, but, and so she just goes to that bookmark and then she just goes through each one of those pages because it brings it right to her, right to their page. So she can immediately just quickly comment on their stuff, see what they're up to, reach out, send them a message, but it brings them to their post, So in like all their recent activity. And so like, if they're a, set, a first connection, if you scroll their activity and not just their post, it actually shows the things that they've commented on too. So it's a great way to get to their second connections and get your name in front of even more people. So I thought that was a really powerful little tip. So to do that, you know how to save a bookmark. You just go to that person and then you go to activity and then hit post. And then when you get to that page, you can save it as a bookmark. So that's how you do that. Um, the sales process. Uh, Ryan Kastner did an entire. I'm gonna have to teach that. Like I actually asked him if he would come in and share that because it was so powerful. His entire like creating a sales plan um, with expectations and really setting yourself up so that you have you know all the steps and it's like a plan for yourself, but then one that you can create expectations with for your um, for the call. It was like. It was too long to really try to... But let me give you a couple of little tidbits here from it because it was really, really about creating a custom sales plan. And there was five key steps to his sales process. One was planning, um, identify your client, their habits, their behaviors, the journey, rapport, build rapport, um, discovery and education, presentation and then decision and so he had each one of these five steps and inside of one of these five steps you kind of lay out certain things and so with every sales call you go into you have this plan and you're kind of going through this and he talked about it as like creating a checklist which I thought was really great because it allows you to really work people through your pipeline so much nice right like you know exactly where you're at with them are you in the planning phase? Are you in the build rapport stage? Are you in the discovery and education stage of where they're at kind of thing? Are you in the presentation stage with them? Meaning like you're actually having the conversation and then decision. So great way to build that. Um, I'm hopefully going to get Ryan either to come on here or into the group and and really teach that because I don't want to try to even teach it. He's He's just amazing at it. And then last but not least, I'm not even going to, Oh my gosh, the the conversation around champions ninety. I'm gonna link the the talk. You just have to go listen to the talk. It was um, Donnie says find somebody that like will give you advice that makes you like look at them and say fuck you. You know that that advice of like Ugh. I call it like a gut punch or like you know damn like okay you know just that one that just hits you so hard that you just like. It's like a slap in the face, really. You know, it's like that slap in the face. And that was my slap in the face, 100%. Again, you know, we've heard all of these things so many times, but then some, at one point, somebody's going to say it in a way that just hits you. And I hope, I don't know if it will hit you the same way it hit me, but he talked about having two choices, building your business to freedom. Meaning like, have you built a business, are you building a business that gives you the freedom or have you built a business that's really just another shitty job for yourself but you're still a slave to it and you're still your own, you know, boss of just a job, right? And I just want you to hear it from him. I'm going to, what was so powerful to me was when he said you have two choices. You can live and love the life you have and turn off the dream, which sounds harsh when you think about it, okay? think. Screw you. Why do I have to turn off the dream? But the way he talks about it is insane. Like, if you're good with your life, like, I'm going to use myself as an example, right? Like, have a great home. I work Monday through Thursday, 9 to 4, Friday through Sunday, take it off. I don't really even open up my phone. I love it. I talk about it. It's boundaries. I have all these beautiful things. But I wish the Alliance would grow. But I wish I had more members but I wish I had more, a bigger audience, but I wish my list was bigger, but I really want to do this. I really want to retire my husband. I really want to do this, right? Like that's what he's talking about. The dream, like all those, I wish, I wish, I really want, I I want all these things, but yet I'm really, really comfortable with my life like this. And I love it, you know? And, and that's what he's saying. Like, if you love that, like you want to work Monday through Thursday, don't want to work, that's fine. And things are really good. Like, business is good. Business is steady. I have money coming in, you know. Like, we're doing okay. Like, pretty comfortable. Okay. Like, be happy with it then. Like, be happy and be grateful for where you're at and be happy with it. But if you can't turn off that dream, then you've got to go all in to get to that dream. Right? And I was telling somebody else about it, and they were talking about the hustle culture. And that's when he introduced this Champions 90, which is 90 days, no breaks. So, like, in my immediate... Head, I would have thought that's hustle culture. I'm not working on the weekends. I'm not g- I- No, we all deserve a break But the reality is it's not about the hustle. It's not about the I work every single day blah 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 It's about the discipline to the dream to all of those statements of I wish I want to retire my husband I want to do these things. I want my daughter to feel this way I want my daughter to understand like it's the discipline to those dreams It's not about the hustle and going all in is just doing the thing it's not about going all in seven days a week working 10 hour days no like when he put out champions 90 you can get champions 90 done in about an hour and a half to two hours max every single day every single day and it's like if you can't find two hours a day to work on your dream again this is not about the business right this is about building the dream the dream that you're trying to create, if you can't dedicate two hours a day, like I had to gut punch myself on that. Like, come on, Michelle, two hours a day on the weekends. Like you could get that done and still go lay in your pool from 10 to four. Right. You kick everybody out on Sundays at six, which is a true story. Ask anybody that comes here. I'm like, y'all can come and hang out on Sundays. Everybody can come. And usually on Sundays we have a full house, but at six o'clock, everybody's out. Everybody, because I start my Sunday night routine and I have a very, very strict boundary around that. Okay, so do your champions 90 at six o'clock. You kick everybody out anyway, or do half of it in the morning and half of it at night, right? You're still, come on. And that's the thing. It's not about this toxic hustle culture. Everything. If I'm going to give you my biggest takeaway, everything that I learned at that summit was a shift in perspective on how you view things. You can view sales negatively, or you can view them as fun and a way to get, to meet people and to get answers and to grow your business. You can view, you know, you can view branding is overwhelming but you can also view it as a way that always people become you become recognizable right like everything is a perspective shift and it's all in these stories that you've created in your head about certain things and again where are you putting on the brakes that's what all of this is is about putting the brakes on yourself and where have you done that and that has been my biggest takeaway is how to turn off the brakes turn off the brakes Because the only thing stopping you, if I learn nothing else, when I was thinking, like, God damn, why am I not up on that stage? Why am I not up on there? You know? Why have I not been on stages? You know why? Because I haven't asked anybody and I haven't put myself out there to get up on those stages, right? And that's the thing. That's a break I've put on myself. I talk about it, I don't do it. That's the difference. It's about the discipline to the dream and taking the action needed to get to the dream that you're trying to accomplish. It's not about being in this toxic hustle culture. Yes, we've created a lot of drama around that. And there is a lot of toxic hustle. You know, you got the, the, uh, Grant Cardone, he talks about like working 10, 12 hour days, you know, seven days a week. That's toxic. All right. Not having any family time, toxic, you know, giving up everything that you enjoy toxic. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about taking the strategic action that needs to be taken to grow, both personally and professionally, to go after the dream. And if you don't want to do that, then be grateful for where you're at. And I'm telling you, go listen to the damn speech because it will blow your mind. All right? I'm going to link it in the show notes. I'm going to make sure all the links are there. (sighs) That was a lot. This is a super long episode. I may cut it into two. Because I know 30 minutes is a long time to listen. But um, anyway, those are all my takeaways. As you can see, getting around people. Again, stop trying to grow your business alone. Stop, stop, stop. You don't have to. You can grow it so much faster with help and being surrounded by other people. So stop trying and go find a tribe. That's all I got to say. All right. Get in front. Get yourself in a room. With other people i don't care if it's virtually or in person it's game changing all right i'll talk to you guys soon
0: thanks so much for listening this podcast was designed to help you if you have a specific topic or struggle you would like michelle to cover please feel free to send them her way